The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now Let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is our number one on a Wednesday statewide broadcast on the only syndicated afternoon sports radio show for the station close to you. Go to thehugeshow.net. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Remember, if you miss any interview, any podcast, any hour, any full show, everything we do is free. Just search The Huge Show wherever you download podcasts. Later in this broadcast, my conversation with one of our soccer insiders, John Conlon, about the state of parents, refs, coaches, and players on Michigan high school fields and in Michigan club sports. That will be coming up on this MHSAA Wednesday, final weekend in high school football before the playoffs begin, so a lot to get to. First, let's talk some hoops. Pistons open up the regular season tonight against Orlando at Little Caesars Arena in downtown Detroit. Keith Langloy, Pistons NBA insider from Pistons.com. He's standing by on the Meyer guest line, and here we are. What a quick off season! <laughs> It was. I was just uh, going over some of the, the key moments of it uh, for something I posted earlier this week. And, yeah, I mean, it, 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 at once it seems like a long time ago when the last season ended, and then it seems like uh, five minutes ago at the same time. So, but What are those key points that you posted at Pistons.com in this offseason where you think the Pistons are a better team tipping off the season tonight than they were when they ended the 2021-2022 campaign? Uh, well, that's, it's interesting the way you phrase a better team. I think they're a, they're better positioned to be a, a a good to very good team in the future. Um, but you know, they did trade away Jeremy Grant. That's where kind of the, that was the first domino to fall in the offseason. And he's the guy that you know that the offense ran through him each of the last two seasons. He's their leading scorer. You know, a, a guy who had by far the most of, the, of their key players, by far the most minutes played in, in his NBA career. So, look, this is a much more athletic team. It's a deeper team, but it is a painfully young team. And, you know, the, 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 the besides the grant trade, it, it, that led right into draft night where they picked up, you know, two guys who bring, you know, an incredible amount of athleticism, which was the one ingredient this team really needed and Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, but Duran's the youngest guy in the league, 18 years old. And at the time they drafted him, 
you know, they had four other big guys, or they added Nerland's Noel to make it four other big guys. But Kelly Olynyk has since been traded in a, in a, a really a, a trade that they had to make. It was a great, it was a great move, but it did be between the Olynyk trade and the injuries to uh, Marvin Bagley and Nerland's Noel in, in preseason. It now means Jalen Duran at 18 is in is solidly in the rotation. So they, as I started this by saying, they are better positioned to be a, a, a really good team in the future. The recent survey that NBA.com does every year of, of NBA general managers said the Pistons had the, one of the three top young cores in the league. Uh, Ivy got votes to be the best player in his draft class in five years, and Duran tied for first and biggest draft steal. So we see the talent, we see the athleticism, but they are really young, and their primary ball handlers are really young. So there are going to be some growing pains, and, they, and the injuries that they they endured in preseason made it, you know, usually look the, the 20 or so teams that, that expect to be in the playoffs at this time right now, they go into training camp knowing pretty much what their lineup is, pretty much what the rotation that was. The Pistons had question marks about that. And then a rash of injuries in the preseason have made it, you know, like Dwayne Casey just said a few minutes ago when practice wrapped up um, uh, or when uh, yesterday after practice wrapped up, he said that uh uh, you know, look, it's gonna, it might take us 15, 20, 25 games to sort all this out. So uh, that's where we are. Uh, it, they had a really good offseason. As Trey Weaver said, he feels he's got a roster now that gives Dwayne Casey a chance to compete for the first time since he's been here. But it's going to be a process to, to figure out what they have and, and to put all the pieces into place. Keith Langway, Pistons.com, Pistons NBA Insider, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. Pistons tip off. The regular season tonight at home against the Magic from Orlando. That has a nice little University of Michigan feel and State of Michigan feel to that roster. Uh, what will be the rotation from game one when healthy uh, for the Pistons for Coach Casey? Well, that's a really good question. I mean, the, the, it, it looked, um, you know, Dwayne Casey wasn't wasn't confirming anything, but Marvin Bagley started two of the three preseason games before he went down. I think they were kind of committed to to playing a two, to starting out of the games with a two big lineup. And Isaiah Stewart is looking like he's really taking to um, moving to that power forward spot and you know shooting the three with confidence. So um, right now, I would say that the you know, the probable starting lineup is going to be Stewart. Um, Sadiq Bey, Boyan Bogdanovich, and then the backcourt of Cunningham and Ivy. Off the bench, you know, Duran is Jalen Duran is now at the center. Um, and so Nerlens Noel went through his first practice uh, yesterday. So whether he's ready to go or not, uh, remains to be seen. I don't know that they throw him right into the rotation to start with. And then you've got an interesting mix of players on the wings with Isaiah Livers, Hamadou Diallo, and Kevin Knox. And Knox only got one preseason game in, looked really good, hit three of six from three. And then in the backcourt, you've got Killian Hayes, you've got Corey Joseph, Hamadou Diallo's in the mix for all of that. So they really they do have to sort it out. They've got they have more depth than they've had. I mean, you know, Rodney Magruder's a veteran who comes in and always is ready to play. They've got really one through fifteen, they've got guys that that could be candidates for the rotation, and that's what Dwayne said when he said it's going to take us 15, 20, 25 games to, to really figure it all out. But um, I think they, you know, they feel they've got more talent, more depth, more athleticism than they've had in a long time. But again, 10 guys, 24 or younger, it's just going to take some time to, to sort itself out and to get everybody on the same page. Yeah, Keith, you mentioned 10 guys, uh, 24 or younger, and you look at the injuries with Noel just getting back to prag- or practice, Marvin Begley, uh, the third, and Alec Burke. So, 
who 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 gets the early minutes off the bench. I think that's where you begin that journey tonight, uh, looking who can step up. And there's an opportunity for you know a lot of those young guys on this roster to earn some minutes, starting with the Magic tonight in downtown Detroit. Yeah, and you you know, good point by you. I didn't I didn't even mention Alec Burks. He's a, he's a really important veteran. Um, and he, I think, I think he's penciled in to be kind of that scoring anchor for that second unit, and he'll help stabilize things for for the younger guys. He'll really help Killian Hayes as the lead ball handler with that group. But they've got a chance to really put a lot of three point shooting on the floor this year with uh, Knox. I think Knox can be a. They're they're really high on Knox. They thought he had one of the best summers. Um, you know, they, this team spent a lot of time together this summer working out either at their practice facility in Detroit or they got together for team activities in L.A. and in Miami. Knox was really good. His he, his shot looked really really good in that one game he played i think livers you know even under under trying circumstances Livers shot 42 percent from three as a rookie he's got a chance to be the best shooter on the team you put you put burks and livers and and knox and um bogdanovich on the floor you've got some some firepower that that this team hasn't had for a while and not only that um you know even if they had enough three-point shooters on the roster in the last few years they couldn't put functional lineups of three-point shooters together because they were all like you know perimeter players they were all guards um this team you know with with knox and livers at six six seven six eight and bogdanovich at six 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 seven they, they can put shooting with size on the floor they can field some really good units but again you know okay, i hate to keep going back to it but they got to figure it out they've got to you know they're going to have lineups on the floor when the opener it's tonight and in this weekend and you know um when they have a back-to-back and uh friday and saturday um they're really gonna have lineups on the floor that haven't played a second together in preseason and 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 even in practice because they've had so many guys uh, down throughout throughout training camp but it's going to be really interesting i think they're going to be i think they're going to be an exciting team that they're going to play a little more up tempo the athleticism is going to pop with ivy and duran and uh you know it should be a really fun interesting season Keith Langlois, Pistons.com, talking about the Pistons opener tonight against Orlando in downtown Detroit. Follow everything Pistons 24-7 at Pistons.com. Keith, enjoy the game. Thanks, Bill. All right, Keith Langlois joining us on the Meyer Guest Sign. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with your Detroit Pistons. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. And punting for bucks is your chance to win premium play. $15,000 cash and a 2023 Polaris Ranger. Drawings are every Saturday in October, 7 to 11 p.m. And on October 29th, one winner drives off in a new Polaris Ranger with a $5,000 Cabela's gift card. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you. 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, 
mhsaa.tv. That's mhsaa.tv. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to mhsaa.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We'll talk about Michigan's win over Penn State, where they sit in the polls, what lies ahead, including next up Spartans, primetime, night game at the Big House. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com is standing by on the Meyer guest sign. How you doing, my friend? Doing well. Uh, that game, uh, second half especially. A matter of fact, second halves of all the Big Ten games, Maryland, Iowa, Indiana, Penn State, Michigan looks like a potential, not only Big Ten champion, but a team that can go into Ohio State, win, win the Big Ten title, and this year make a true run at a national championship. Yeah, that's pretty much the takeaway is that this is looking like a great team again. Uh, you didn't really know for sure because of the schedule, um, you know, just because you hadn't had a big game against a top 10 team like Penn State yet. But then you do what you did to Penn State, and really, I mean, it was more lopsided statistically and with the way the game went and then the final score even indicated or the score did uh you know in most parts of the game including being down early in the third quarter after penn state got a field goal on their opening drive of the half so um but i think that was a good test too michigan was trailing in the second half in that game and they ripped off a couple 60 yard runs in a row in a row on consecutive offensive plays after the defense got a three and out in the middle of that so that was a big sequence i thought michigan overall just put together a pretty dominant performance on both sides of the ball. Uh, almost more impressed, as, as hard as that is to say, with 418 rushing yards, but almost more impressed with the defense and what they did, completely shutting down a Penn State run game that had done pretty good coming in, uh, a Penn State passing attack, uh, 36% completion percentage for Sean Clifford. That's his lowest of his career, so all sorts of good stuff to look at if you're Michigan. Now you have a bye to get a little bit more healthy. We know they're pretty banged up at some spots. And then you go into that game against the Michigan State team that is uh, on a one-game win streak. Defense and their ability to run the ball and the fact that they have Corum and Edwards, as long as they stay healthy, those are the things that tell me they can beat Ohio State or anybody left on their schedule, including the Big Ten title game and the college football playoff. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's J.J. McCarthy takes over at quarterback in week two, and everyone talks about the potential of the offense, and rightfully so. But at the end of the day, and Bill, we talked about this last week too, the identity of this offense, it's still going to be to run the football. Uh, when you have those offensive linemen, it would be malpractice not to use them and, and have them try to gash teams on the ground. And when you have those running backs, uh, Blake Corum's a Heisman contender at this point. He has 901 yards through seven games. That's the exact same amount that Derrick Henry had through seven games in, in 2015. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but that's the last running back to win the award. So something to watch there. But uh, you're right. I mean, they're not going to beat Ohio State playing the same style as Ohio State plays, but they showed last year they don't need to, and they're showing this year that they're that same type of team that's blue-collared, physical, um, and going to you know bully you, really. I wrote that this morning, that Michigan is kind of starting to play the role of the Big Ten's bully, where you come into the big house. We saw what happened to Ohio State last year and other teams. We've seen what happened to Penn State on Saturday. 
uh, where then you're reading articles from Penn State sites about how they have an identity crisis and they got to change how they recruit and do all this. It's the same stuff we heard out of Columbus in November. So it's amazing that, uh, you know, Michigan is not only beating teams like this, but beating them in a way where uh, it's just so dominant and, and the physicality that they play with is kind of Jim Harbaugh, what he's been trying to build here for eight years. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us on the Meyer guest line. And you know what? He's He's been smart, he being Harbaugh. He hasn't put any of this pressure on J.J. McCarthy yet. None of it. Yeah, they've been able to lean on the run and kind of ease him in to things. I mean, he's made some plays. He obviously had a hand in, in every win. And really the passing game was working pretty effectively in this game up until the interception, which was a little bit flukish. I still think it was a, a bad throw because it deflected right off a defender, but then hits off of another guy's helmet, and then it's, it's a pick six. But um, it, it was working pretty well. But then at a certain point, like we talked about that sequence earlier in the third quarter, well, why would you try to do anything else when you have this much success on the ground? So you're right. I mean, he still hasn't had to make, you know, had to go win you the game on his own. And, you know, a lot of people were talking before this game, well, could this be the one where uh, that would be the case? Well, it it wasn't because they were so good on the ground. So you've gotten through seven games and you haven't, you know, gotten him in in many uncomfortable situations, which is good. Um, He's getting better and better. You can tell the decision-making by the week, uh, minus one or two plays in every game. Uh, But they haven't cost him yet at this point. So I think it's been pretty smooth. And... You can tell he's getting more comfortable. Uh, one thing I noticed on Saturday that J.J. also talked about after the game was just how much uh, more comfortable he's getting with when to, to pull down and run. Those were some big uh, scrambles that he had in that game as well. So you're seeing more of that by the week, and I think that adds another element to this offense too. It's just, you know, big game experience. There you go. And you look ahead to Ohio State and – I was re-watching some of their highlights against Notre Dame. That is a 3-3 three and three Notre Dame team that had a chance to win the opener at Ohio State. And the Buckeyes hung on for a 21-10 win. Uh, since then, Ohio State hasn't played anybody. I don't know why they're number two in the country. I don't know why they're in front of Michigan after Michigan beat number 10 Penn State. Not by a last-second field goal, uh, but demolished Penn State in the second half. Buckeyes living on their name, and they haven't been tested at all. Yeah, it's just kind of the way it goes. It didn't surprise me at all that Michigan didn't jump them. Uh, Tennessee jumped in as well, and that's a huge win for them, obviously. They deserve it. Tennessee deserved to jump wherever. You could have made Tennessee the number one team in the country, and I wouldn't have argued that. Yeah, I would have been fine with it. At the same time, the AP poll in a couple of weeks is going to go by the wayside because the college football playoff starts releasing theirs. So it, it's kind of irrelevant at this point. But you're right. When you look at Ohio State, I mean, I don't want to take too much stock in the Notre Dame game just because it was week They're one. They're three and three. Notre Dame has lost to Marshall and Stanford. I know. Okay, at home. I know. I know. I still think there's a lot of talent on that Ohio State team. I still think they have played better, even though they haven't played anybody. Uh, you know, of note really since then. They'll get tested by an Iowa defense uh, this weekend. But, yeah, um, you know, week one is week one. Um, and I, I think they have gotten better. And at the same time, too, I mean, people were saying last week, a week ago, for Michigan, well, they can't play the way they did against Indiana and beat Penn State on Saturday. And we were saying, well, you know, it doesn't work like that. You don't always play the same way, you know, each week. 
Um, you know, maybe Ohio State had a down game. I know they suffered some injuries in that first game, so not taking a ton of stock into it. But you're right. I think Ohio State's not invincible, and as Michigan is proving, uh, it might be better than it was last year. And you know, that's going to give them a shot in every game. I agree. Uh, the line play continues, starting with the second half it, against Maryland at the Big House. Hmm. The defensive line and offensive line has shown me that they'll have a chance uh, to win at Ohio State. We weren't sure. You know, Ohio State, you know, throwing up 77 on Toledo, and they could have put 70 on Michigan State. That That's my next question with you, Clayton. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. How, how do you line up that matchup right now? Because nothing's going to change. Uh, there's no games. There's you know, Unless there's a freak injury at practice or – uh, away from the field, Michigan State at Michigan. Well, what's your early breakdown on that? Yeah, um, I haven't gone back and watched their game against Wisconsin yet. Just tell me what uh, you're thinking right now on this show, on the yeah. huge show. We're still it's a week from Saturday. What are you thinking? No, I know. Um, you know, I, I have to look at them more, but at the same time. I think Michigan's going to have a good chance. I think they're going to be a significant favorite. Do you have Michigan State fans in your family because you're you're being evasive, Clayton? You, you don't want to say, I think they're going to kick their ass. I think they're going to win big. Okay. I mean, that, that, would be, that would be my take for sure. I think your mom and dad are Michigan State fans, and you're afraid that you're not going to get the bubble pizza that I've never gotten <laughs> when you come home to Grand Rapids to see them. <laughs> Not at all. That was a, all. that was the most guarded answer I've ever heard from you, and it it smelled of Spartan fans in your family. Well, here's what I was going to say: is I haven't gone back and watched that game to see what they did right to beat a Wisconsin team, but um, because I have heard they did a few of the things that that they were really struggling at a little bit better in this Wisconsin game. But no, I don't think Michigan State is a good team. Uh, I think the environment here is going to be electric again at night at the big house and i think michigan should roll michigan state they're going to put up a fight as michigan state always does but uh, i do think this michigan team is ready they're already talking about it they were talking about it in the tunnel on the way up to the locker room after penn state so it's going to be a lot of excitement and i think michigan has just more talent um and and really is just a much better team uh, are you going to be on the ballot the uh, first week of November? Because that sounds like a very political answer. <laughs> you, you got a girlfriend. Are you dating a girl who's a Michigan State grad or fan? Because there's something there that normally you would just open up and boom, 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 boom. But there, there's some, we'll talk about. They're going to win big. I think they're going to win. You know, I don't know when I say win big, because it's a rivalry game. I think you yeah. get out of there. You take the win, whatever way you can. Okay. Well, now you're sounding political, yeah. Yeah, because I, I am dating a girl who's a Michigan State fan. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> you're like, you know what? You tell the guys, I think they're going to roll them. All of a sudden, you go out to dinner. Hey, so what do you think? Does Michigan State have a chance? I, I They do, honey. Please pass the gray poop on. <laughs> That's right. Clayton so. Safe, yeah, I know. You, just, you, you never know what you're going to get when you do a segment with me from TheWolverine.com joining us. I think they can win at Ohio State, and this time around, I don't see the powerhouse. You could see Georgia's defense was special. Alabama was loaded last year. I don't see that team. Tennessee's all offense. They play hardly any defense. I know they got some great speed rushers, but Georgia's not the same team. Alabama's not the same team. Ohio State will find out when they play at the shoe to end the season. I don't see that dominant. I mean, when I'll say this. 
When Ole Miss and TCU are your number seven and eight teams in college football, that's not a deep year. Yeah, it feels more open than it was a year ago. You're right. I mean, Georgia at this time last year, they were number one. I think they were number one for like 10 straight weeks. And everyone was talking about that juggernaut. And then Alabama kind of heated up. They beat them in the SEC championship. So there was really two of those teams. Um, and Ohio State was in that mix as well. And then Michigan kind of came in there and, you know, it wasn't totally surprising what happened in the Orange Bowl. But this year, I mean, you look around the country, there's a lot of flaws in these teams. And I'm not saying Michigan doesn't have any either. I still wouldn't pick them to win the national championship. But there's flaws on that Alabama defense. You're right about Tennessee. They don't play defense. Georgia has faltered. You know, they've had a couple games that are closer than they should have been. Um, And Michigan is right there kind of in that mix. And, you know, people were calling them a fraud or they haven't played anybody coming into Penn State. I still had a lot of questions. I picked a close game. uh, So I look like an idiot in that respect when you look at 41-17 to on the scoreboard. But uh, I think Michigan's pretty legit at this point. They've proved that, especially on Saturday. And you look at the rest of the schedule, Illinois might be the toughest test. I know Michigan State will put up a – a good fight and you know I'm, I'm not ruling out anything in that game but i guess that's your political answer right there but um you know you look at the rest of the schedule it shapes up pretty nicely before you go to columbus and uh that's still going to be really tough i don't care what happened uh against notre dame for ohio state they're going to play well i think and it'll be really tough to win there but she, she must be a nice girl you probably end up wearing a green and white tuxedo <laughs> for your wedding one day uh, Clayton Safey uh, from the Wolverine.com uh, joining us on the Meyer guest line. Superfly just sent me a text while we're talking. Did you did you text Superfly while you're live with me and say, please have Bill stop yelling at me? That is just not true. That's yeah, I didn't yell. See, you're like my kid, Superfly. When I, yelling is if I berate you. Raising my voice is different than yelling. It is. Yelling is like, Superfly! You know, why safety on this show again? And when I raise my voice, it's like, no. I, I tell kids, like, you're yelling. No, I'm not yelling. Um, I talk loud. I do a talk show 15 hours a week, and I'm raising my voice. Yelling is if I berate you. I say, you're a low-life superfly. You and safety date girls from East Lansing, and you're afraid to tell it like it is on the game. <laughs> That's, that's yelling. You want to see me mad? Go, go on a go on an eighteen hole golf binge with Ballas and Skeen and Superfly. You want to see yelling? Yeah, and not just from you. No, you want to see yelling. It's like we're we're like four long lost brothers that were discovered. They're from the same dad, and we're going to get together and play around the golf. It, it's a sitcom. Yeah. That eighteen holes with Ballas and Skeen and Superfly. Flat out is a sitcom. We'll talk next week, Clayton, and we'll we'll get your prediction on the game, okay? Sounds great. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Do you think, Clayton, like when he gets off the phone here, and I know his family listens on 96.1 The Game, our flagship station in Ada, even though his mom's never brought me the bubble pizza. Do you think he, like, he hangs up and he goes, why am I on that show? Just a voice in his head. I love him. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net.
Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 bonuses when you sign up through the BetMGM Refer a Friend program. Hey, this is Matt Shepard. Just sign in in your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credits expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Excludes Michigan disassociation persons. Huge here for the Grand Rapids Gold. They're the Denver Nuggets G League team coached by former NBA All-Star Andre Miller. And they'll be playing their home games in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. And the Gold's home opener in GR will be Thursday night, November 10th. If you need tickets, quick link, follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Twitter, Facebook, or just Google Grand Rapids Gold. Their home opener is on Thursday night, November 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We'll talk about Michigan football. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com is standing by in the Meyer guest line. Hey, Anthony, and I'm not being biased. If you line up schedules... And who they've beaten, Michigan should be in front of Ohio, and they beat Ohio State last year with pretty even better talent than they have now. Michigan should be in front of Ohio State in the polls. If you're someone who watches games, I think it's pretty hard to argue against that. Yeah, I know that we, you know, we fall in love with with offensive production and potential and name brands, and you know, not to say that Tennessee didn't earn, you know, where they're you know they're ranked a spot above Michigan at number three, but. Um, I want to see you play a little bit of defense too. Uh, you know what I saw from Michigan on Saturday, and people can call me biased. That's fine. I mean, it's pretty obvious the site uh, I work for and, and the fan base we serve. But this team is, I think, from top to bottom, better than last year's team. I think that their offensive line is better than last year's team. I think they have, um, you know, star power at quarterback. I think they've got two really uh, good to great backs. Blake Corum's a Heisman candidate. Um, and I had a hunch that when this team finally faced a moment where it needed, you know, a statement game could be on the table, I, I was pretty confident that they would show that. So, you know, uh, again, I'm not to say I thought that Penn State was a pretender or anything like that, but I felt that going into last week's game, Michigan had another gear to it. Uh, it had a, you know, an Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State esque gear to it, and we saw that on Saturday. I mean, if this team continues to stay locked in, I mean, all of their goals that are in front of them—they set four goals for this year: beat Michigan State, beat Ohio State, win a Big Ten championship, win a national championship. Uh, it's all in front of them. They are capable of doing all of those things. Offensive line, defensive lines. After I, I was at a golf outing, I was following the game on my phone, but I DVR'd it, watched it Saturday night, went through it. And the way their O line and D line are playing right now, 
not easily, but they can win at Ohio State. Yeah, I think that there oftentimes Michigan fans, or even just like regular neutral observers of college football, say, well, yeah, but is it going to work against Ohio State? Can you do this against Ohio State? When you can control the line of scrimmage, especially on the offensive side of the ball, obviously on the defensive side of the ball as well, when you can control what happens in that matchup, you get to dictate how a game gets played. You get to set a tone and how a game gets played. So, you know, we sit here and say, oh, is this – I think it was Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports who wrote a column about, oh, well, is this – is the old bully ball, hardball way sustainable? Yeah, yeah, it's sustainable because if you blow someone off the line of scrimmage like they have been, like I said, you get to set the terms of what a game looks like. So – yeah, absolutely. They, they, um, I, you know, I know that the narrative was that Michigan hadn't played anyone, but Michigan has has pretty much blown the the barn doors off of every team it's played so far. Um, I don't and and has been tested in some moments too. I haven't seen that from you know, again. I, I think that Ohio State has an edge to it this year that they didn't have last year, but you know, I need to see them do it against a quality opponent too. So. Yeah, there's all this talk about, oh, well, it, well, Saturday proved that Michigan is the, the biggest challenger to Ohio State in the Big Ten. Why, why is Michigan a challenger to Ohio State? They're the defending Big Ten champion. They've won all of their games. They've looked really good doing it. I don't care what the name brand is. I don't care what the Vegas odds say. Um, Michigan is last year's Big Ten champion, and they look like a Big Ten champion until they're not this year. That's where we're at right now. So, yeah, they absolutely can do this again. Well, even with the impressive victory, and, and I, the, my one little maize and blue flag is I don't like their slow starts uh, so far in Big Ten play, but it's how you finish. You don't win anything uh, at the end of the first quarter or at halftime. What, what's an area you think they, Michigan needs to get better on or better in? Uh, either way, uh, to run the table and win their remaining games and get back to the Big Ten championship. I think you hit on a part of it there, Bill. I think they do need to start a little bit faster. A part of that, too, is, uh, well, really, up. I mean, I think it was five games in a row or four games in a row coming into this weekend where they had scored an opening drive touchdown. Uh, too many field goals on Saturday. You know, you'd love, you'd love to have a guy like Jake Moody. I mean, he can, you know, he can probably hit one from 50 just as easily as he does from 25, 26. But you don't want to kick 25-yard field goals, 23-yard field goals, 27-yard field goals. That's that was the one area on Saturday where you don't kick field goals. There's never an opportunity for Penn State to lead that football game by two plays and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, that, that's certainly it. I, I think part of that is red zone play calling. I think that they're still kind of figuring things out there. Now, if you want to score all your touchdowns from 60 yards out, I, I, certainly that sort of uh, sort of helps in that regard, but. Yeah, there are still the, the thing about Michigan is that they they looked so dominant in a top ten matchup on Saturday, and they still haven't played a full sixty minute football, which is hard for any team to do. I mean, a lot of people are you know will hold them to oh well you know one play here, one play there. That's football. Uh, you got to play through it. You got to play a whole game. But you know, there's still a quarter, quarter and a half in a lot of these games where the lights just not on yet. So if they're able to kind of turn to go to that next gear now, I mean, there's, there's already no reason they shouldn't run the table heading into Ohio state, but if they're able to find another gear, then 
I think it becomes about beating Ohio State and then and then some, and then what comes after that. His name is Anthony Broom. He joins us from the Wolverine.com talking about Michigan football. Yeah, I just, I you know, the rivalry game a week from Saturday, I think if your state coming off a win, he would rather have played this Saturday than wait another week. Uh, this matchup, let's go based on good Michigan State defense last week. What's your early take on the Spartans at the Wolverines? Yeah, a little bit of life in East Lansing now. I mean, to go into, I actually think it's sort of beneficial for them to have a bye week after a win now because all of a sudden it's like hitting a reset button. And now you get a week to rest up, things settle down. It's been a really hectic first half of the season for them. Um, And and you have life now. And you're, you know, Michigan State's not going to hit the goals that it set out for this season. I mean, one of them, uh, is obviously to beat Michigan, but you know they're not going to win a Big Ten championship. They're still fighting for bowl eligibility, so you know there's there's a lot. They're always going to pour their heart and soul into this game. Um, you know mi- the the Michigan rivalry is something that has has continually breathed life into some pretty. I mean, objectively speaking, some pretty incredible upsets and and games where you know they kind of find Michigan sleeping, so to speak. So. You know, for for Michigan State, I think it's you know when I look at what they do well offensively, it's what won them the game last year. The Peyton, the Peyton Thorn to you know those 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 wide receivers, those guys were able to make plays. Um, you know, Michigan's pass rush is going to have to have a big day. Yeah, I, I don't know what a, I haven't seen really any spreads on it yet. I would probably say that this is probably a seventeen to twenty point spread in the favor of the Wolverines, but. You know, again, I know it's a cliche, but when those two teams play, weird stuff happens. And now we're playing at night on Halloween weekend uh, when things have been pretty weird uh, in that situation in the past. So we'll see what happens. I-, I think Michigan State will be ready to play, but I also think Michigan will. Uh, this is a game they've had scheduled last year with a storybook year in a lot of ways, but that game at Michigan State just, just I mean, it was the one blemish on a season that was kind of one for the ages for them. So they were lucky that that actually didn't wind up derailing some of the things that they were able to do later in the year. But we'll see what happens. I think that, uh, you know, they can't go, they can't fall to 0 3 against Mel Tucker. I don't think they will. Um, I think this team is focused. I like the way they handle their business, but uh, big bye week uh, coming off two big wins for both teams now. I'm glad Michigan State won from a show perspective because it gives a little juice to the game. If they would have got beat up by Wisconsin, there'd be no energy. And now you get State still playing for their bowl lives. They would love to ruin Michigan's season. Uh, A week from Saturday night at the Big House, uh, the night game has the intrigue back. You can follow everything leading up to that game and all Michigan sports 24-7 at thewolverine.com. And, Anthony, I really like your statement you said at the beginning, and it's the first time. It's the first time that I've seen Michigan uh, that I feel like they're in that Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia category. Not that they're there yet with a complete roster of NFL-like talent, but the fact that they can come right at you, you know what's coming. Usually Alabama wins those games. They did on Saturday against Tennessee, whose offense is just Josh Heupel is a genius. And I ask what he did for Scott Frost at UCF and what he's doing right now at Tennessee. But I do agree. And I look at this year. Georgia is not the same Georgia as last year with an NFL defense that produced, what, seven draft picks. 
Ohio State, they haven't played anybody yet, so we don't know. Tennessee, legit, what, four top 25 wins. I'm not going to question them. And so they'll have to figure out how they get by Georgia to win the SEC East. You get Michigan, you get Clemson, you know, Alabama, we watch them get beat. Ole Miss, number seven in the country with no defense. This is the year. This is the year that I think Michigan can make a true run at getting another national championship if they play the way they did outside of a couple of plays against Penn State. Yeah, the key to that is just to continue to find the consistency, but I'm with you. I mean, this this is as, I mean, it's the same five or six teams every year, but when you talk about you're, you're in that group now, this is as wide open as it's ever been. I mean, I think Alabama has Bryce Young, and they're always going to be they're always going to be a tough out because Nick Saban has a, just a way of working his black magic, but they're more undisciplined than I've seen them be probably ever under Saban. I don't really like what they uh, their offensive line or what they're doing in the trenches on either side of the ball. Georgia isn't historically good like they were last year. Ohio State still has questions. I mean, yeah, it's last year maybe maybe Michigan was punching a little bit above its weight class. We saw what happened when they played Georgia, but. Um, I don't. I just. It is. It is wide open this year, and that's what's. There are stakes. There. There are stakes to every game now. Um, that it's just. It's. It's wide open. So again, I'll stop short of calling it. If this. If it's going to happen, this will be the year. But, I mean, if not now, in these circumstances, uh, I know they have. They have a nice little window here, but they. They are going to stay in the mix as long as they keep can can uh, continue to take care of business. So. It's exciting. It's exciting to have that. This is a level of excitement and a level of football that is sort of reserved for south of the state line and and most of the time only in, like, SEC country. So, yeah, I would just say Michigan fans embrace it. Don't run away from it. And just track it week to week and see what happens. You know, one thing I will notice when, like, Georgia almost lost to Missouri or Alabama struggles at home against Texas A&M, and I've never seen an Alabama defense get trucked like that, I wonder if the NIL era will take away the true commitment to discipline and team play. I I really wonder as we move forward, when players are getting paid, is there that will to win? Is there that will to play for a teammate before yourself? Sacrifice uh, stats for a victory. I This name, image, and likeness with these big boy programs, it will be interesting to see. Uh, you know, look at Texas A&M had thirty million dollar NIL pool reportedly. Uh, you know, they're wondering if Jimbo Fisher can hold on to his job. It, you know, look at Wisconsin firing Chris. I there is a a professional feel to this where we watch pro teams who don't show up because these guys are getting paid and they don't care about winning. Used to be in college, winning was everything. So we'll see what happens moving forward with the big boy schools like Saban and Alabama when. You know, guys are getting seven figures to play quarterback for you. Absolutely, and that's—I think—that's the biggest thing that Michigan has going in their favor right now is that they are so they are so locked in and they are so together. And that sounds like cliches, but I think that the further and further we move into this sort of me, 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 get mine dynamic in college sports, um, the more you kind of appreciate how how it's been built. Uh, in Ann Arbor and I know like they there are some things they need to figure out in their own NIL program and and on the recruiting trail but um, it just it feels like it should have never taken eight years to kind of get to this point 
but it does truly feel like that they're they're exactly where they need to be right now and the culture is as good as, as it's ever been i think the talent is as good as it's ever been the coaching the player development um they're checking off pretty much every single box right now gotta gotta bring in some better players over these next couple classes but they're they're doing jim harbaugh's doing a terrific job uh there's no question about that type of guy you're going to recruit i don't know if it comes down to five stars anymore it comes down to a star system based on guys who want to be team players and get something in return that will be an interesting balance we'll see how it plays out for those schools like alabama moving forward you can follow everything University of Michigan Athletics, including the walk-up to Michigan State at Michigan at thewolverine.com. Anthony Broom, Clayton Safey, Doug Skeen, John Borton, Chris Ballas. They do a great job. Anthony, wonderful conversation, my friend. Of course. Thank you for having me. As right. yeah, Anthony Broom and Clayton Safey joining Borton and Ballas. It's like the Rolling Stones adding a couple of new, younger, hip musicians. Because when I think rock stars, I think Ballas and Boyden. Big. Bad. Huge.